the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, a report about possible NBA expansion, the NHL finds new ways to make a buck, and the New Year's Six Bowls leave us with a few surprises. Then, the NFL's regular season comes to a close, and the playoffs are ready to kick off. And finally, we crown our fantasy football champion. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everybody, it's Mac. And I am Heather, six days into dry January and I really regret my decision, Lewis. Uh, well, it's, it's unnatural that anybody does that, so all the pain you're feeling, it's, it's deserved. self-imposed, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah it's deserved. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are we doing tonight? Again, I am struggle bussing <laughs> on my dry January. Um, it's it, it has good intentions, but... I don't, uh, I don't know what those are. I, yeah, the, probably the last like five days has been like, why, why am I doing this? Why? But yeah. uh, James is doing it too, so we we are both doing it. So we're both on the struggle bus together. So, yeah. Mac, I mean, how are you doing? I, I'm swell. <laughs> 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 I, from here on out, I would like to be referred to as Nero, the man who watched Rome burn as I played the fiddle. <laughs> Can you play the fiddle, That's- Mac? And really, how is that any different than how you usually are? Well, it's not. So there, there's a, there's there's quite a few differences that we've already mentioned that we're not going to mention tonight. So just again, call me Nero. I'm in, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself immensely. You can't well, give, let's you dive can't give in. yourself a own nickname. You know that. <laughs> let's dive into tonight's episode, and we'll start in the NBA sports ball. <laughs> Well, oh, I guess surfaced this, is... this week that the league, desperate for cash, may be open to adding up to two expansion teams. The price tag floated by the league is approximately two and a half billion with a B, um, and that would generate an influx of cash to the tune of 166 million dollars for each of the 30 NBA teams. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, since we're going to be talking NBA, I guess I'll go make my sandwich now. So, <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you, you could speak to the ridiculous economics of all this because um, that's the only reason these leagues expand. It has nothing to do with like uh, creation of jobs for players or jobs for like stadium working staff or the economy of the town. It is it's when make- the league needs money. Yeah, it's it's when the league is hard up for cash and it like it is in COVID. They can't sell out these stadiums. Um, you know, the bubble apparently uh, ensured that nobody made any money last year. I don't know exactly how that works, but OK. Um, I saw a couple NBA governors, you know, expounding on that. But uh, I mean, let's get to the fun part, though, is to the uh, what two cities are going to get teams. Well, we the, the obvious one Seattle, is Heather's backyard. Seattle, mm-hmm. Seattle, 
Seattle will definitely get a team. Um, yeah. But uh, where's, I've, I've where's seen the other Mexico way? City. Okay. Here's my only argument against Mexico City. Um, how many of our current teams play above sea level, like high above sea level? It's just it's just the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, um, Mexico City is like 7,000 feet above sea level. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a rough transition, man. Um, and, and honestly, you got to look at, too, you're going to have to pay the players in pesos. Um, and right. that's, you're, that leads into the same issues that you have in Toronto, right? Um, I mean, I think that would be pretty badass, you know, to have a, another um, international team. You know, let's let's make it really intercontinental, right? Uh, but uh, I, I don't know uh, about how Mexico City would work. And I'm trying to think stateside, like where where else would you put a team here? Um, I mean, you're, let, let's look at the big metropolitan areas. You're not going back to San Diego. They lost the Clippers before. Um, you know, I doubt they put a team back there. What about you can't go back? You can't dip your toe into Florida again. Can't dip your toe into Texas again. Um, I mean, what? We are we going to go into? You know what? Here's here's my here's my vote. South Dakota. <laughs> All right, let's go into Bismarck, and we can have the Bismarck Fighting Bison. All right. So so the Yahoo Sports article that I read threw out a couple of suggestions. Yeah. Um, one is everybody's new favorite darling, uh, and that would be Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, do do you really think Las Vegas can handle uh, a third major franchise in what five years? I'm 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 really not sure that they can support one or two. We we haven't yeah. seen that over a length of time. Well, they, they uh, let really- alone let's see, we're looking at three in the course of like the October, November, December time frame. Yeah, but I mean, they, they they're all in on the nights. Um, you know, so I, I don't think they really have to worry about that. I'm interested to see how they play together well when we're in COVID-free times, when you have the NHL season, and the NFL season going on concurrently. But right, and then uh, to add the NBA on top of that, which plays in that same time frame, at least for the beginning of the season. Yeah, but that's the great thing about Vegas is you've got people from everywhere there. Yeah, you know, uh, Kansas yeah, City. Oh, really, Kansas City? Uh, uh, one one that I could see as a possibility, and only because of their their college is Louisville. Um, uh, Kentucky can't support two teams. No, they can barely support Kentucky. Kentucky doesn't have a team. No, but uh, the Grizzlies are close enough too that they draw yeah. both to yeah, Tennessee yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kentucky. Like That's Louisville, true. Louisville's not. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then Mexico City is the other one that's listed. So, dude, I mean, I'd be down with Mexico City. I just think that a lot of players would be like, "Set what? We have to go into we have to go to Mexico City how many months before the season starts to get acclimated?" Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but I- let, let's talk about that two and a half billion dollar yeah. price tag, which is more than any team has ever been paid for, uh, including the Nets, the current highest at two point three billion. Yeah. Like it's, and that's crazy. for an existing commodity. Yeah, I can't believe that they would charge an expansion fee. But then again, like, I, I mean, I get it. What's the quick? I mean, the, the, uh, if you look at like the USFL, the World Football League, uh, you know, a lot of these other kind of, I, I guess you'd call them like second-rate leagues. That's what always killed them is they were 
they needed money, so they sold expansion, you know, franchises to to have this huge influx of cash. Right. Uh, that's a that's a short that was kind of a short term fix, um, but like, I mean, I get it. You want it. You want to you know expand your footprint, right? Like the NBA yeah. is going to do, but that hundred you said that what was going to be per franchise uh, per team? Tim one hundred sixty six million. One sixty six, right? Like that. When you look into like look at the big picture, like that's not a lot of money. Uh, you know that that's not. Uh, yeah. You know you just gotta you gotta honestly. These owners. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what. Great. You can probably, you can play pay what, four players with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean. And, sorry, and, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. Oh yeah. no, but like it, like they have to be like every other business owner in America right now. Take your lumps and get through this. You yeah. know, like that's, and and let's face it, the NBA governors are in much better shape than you know some of our local, you know, businesses. So like they could, honestly, they could get fucked. Uh, I, I think that's outrageous. 2.2 billion per franchise. Like that's, that's nuts to me. Yeah. I, I think of the suggestions put out there, I think Vegas or Kansas city would probably be the best options. I, well, the, uh, no, Seattle and Vegas would probably be the two best because well, not, not counting Seattle. I'm talking for team number two. Yeah. Oh, team number two. I mean, Kansas City's got a brand new ready-made stadium because mm-hmm. they were they were supposed to pull like an NHL team and it didn't happen, right? Um, and I mean, Vegas they have that brand new facility where the Knights play, so I mean, you you could have that. You know, you you don't have to worry about building something brand new, right? It's already there. So right. um, I mean, Vegas would be a good one. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I, I'd still fuck yeah, Mexico City, dude. Let's make this a truly international league. And then, and then what we need to do, what I really want to see is like eight teams in Canada, eight teams in Mexico. Then you have the U.S. teams, and then you just have like this weird playoff and make it a real world championship type thing. <laughs> well, you know, you know who else is strapped for cash? Me. Uh, well, okay, yeah, all of us, but okay. the NHL. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) The NHL, after working out a temporary realignment of divisions to accommodate a Canada-only division uh, so they don't have to worry about international travel, uh, the league announced the sale of the naming rights for each of those divisions. So we are going to have the Scotia North Division, which is all of the Canadian teams, the Honda West Division, Discover Central, and Mass Mutual East Divisions. Um, wow. Uh, so we're going to have the North Division brought to you by Scotiabank and, uh, you know, everybody's favorite affordable car, Honda, will be uh, sponsoring the West. So, uh, But no, like, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of weird. Because remember, like, Tim, when we were growing up, we had, like, the Norris division and all those, like, classic NHLisms, And they've slowly but surely moved away uh, from it. And now our divisions are sponsored. Like, I, I don't understand what it is with the American fan, how they can get so upset. Like, why can't teams sell space on their jerseys? Oh, oh, we're getting to that. We are getting to that because also announced this week, the Pittsburgh Penguins announced that PPG will be their first ever helmet entitlement partner for the season. And a big blue PPG logo will be slapped on the side of the Penguins helmets. Oh, well, I mean, that's 
that was a that's that was a great segue on my part. So you're welcome. You too. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I'm not surprised to see it's Pittsburgh because although they've had some pretty good success, they'll you know say the last ten years or so. I mean, remember there was a point where they, you know, Mario Lemieux bought them in bankruptcy for like nothing, you know. So I mean, that's kind of smart. I would not be surprised to see other NHL teams get on this bandwagon. Like if you've got a uh, if you've got a, uh, a corporate, you know, powerhouse in your in your metro area, hell yeah, man, hit them up. Have, yeah. them, have them kick in some cash, man. You know, defray some costs, if you will. Um, but like, yeah, I the never- problem though is that a lot of the teams are already in some way sponsored by the powerhouses who are strapped, like the Red Wings who play in Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, but see, that's the great thing about Detroit is, um, you know, I'm sure you could find some business that'll kick in some money to throw it on a, a Red Wings jersey or a Red Wings helmet. Yeah, that that burgeoning auto industry. Yeah, you know, but like, uh, I mean, dude, like Americans are just like, oh, I can't believe, you know, look at Europe. It, it, they don't have logos on their stuff. They've got corporate sponsors. Yeah, bro. And they are worth like some of those franchises are worth almost three times the amount of what our most, you know, uh, some of our, you know, American sports franchises. Fuck yeah, dude, man. You know what? I would not be butthurt. Okay. One, because I hate the flying Elvis, but if the Patriots were like, no man, we're going to have a uh, uh, Boston mutual uh, bank as our primary helmet sponsor. And they put a big Boston mutual sticker on the back and they have to readjust the logo back to the old, uh, Minuteman, which I was totally in favor of, you know, because they have to have that big Boston Mutual sticker on the back, then I'd be okay with that. Right. Fuck yeah, man. Rent up that space. Because if they're making money that way, you know what? They could charge us less for tickets. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't. Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh both actually did that after selling the naming rights to their stadiums. Well, on the note of naming rights, let's pivot to some place that already has way too many naming rights and college football bowl season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Year's Six Bowls took place this week. So let's start with the college football playoffs. Thank you. In uh, no big surprise, Alabama swiftly handled Notre Dame in the first game. The Tide topped the Irish 31-14. Heisman winner Devontae Smith caught seven passes for 130 yards and three touchdowns. Mac Jones added another to Jaleel Billingsley in a game that was surpri- only surprising because Notre Dame actually covered the spread. Yeah. Um, I, can we just all agree now that Notre Dame has to go sit in the corner for at least three seasons before oh we let him God. out. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Notre Dame, stop it. Like you're bad, bad Notre Dame, bad. Stop getting here and not doing anything when you get here. Um, Going back about 15 years, Notre Dame has now played in seven bowl games. They have won or seven big bowl games. They have lost all seven and covered the spread in just one. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't really give a shit about the spread stuff, you know, but look at look at uh, their bowl record overall. Like I can't like if you look at go, going into the BCS, right, like you, we leave the whatever the, the system was prior to the institution of the BCS and into the college football playoff like Notre Dame has never been competitive in any one of those games. Yeah. Right. In the BCS era, 
in, in the college football playoff era, they have never been competitive in those games. Um, and then you see Brian Kelly, <laughs> you know, during the, the post-game uh, press conference, got very defensive when asked if, you know, coach, do you think you should have been there? And, and what does this mean for the program? Well, we're just going to keep trying to get better. Uh, uh, that's, that's what we're going to like that. Then just, what have it, you been doing? Yeah. Like, bro, yeah. um, like you're one of the top paid football coaches. Um, and your team has done nothing, uh, in the last 10 years, you know, in your entire tenure during the bowl season. So, um, and apparently, uh, to many college football fans, as I've noticed, that's the only real part of the season that counts. And I'm just like, why that mean? Most of these bowl games suck. So, but yeah, what do I know? Um, it was not a very interesting game. You know what game was interesting though? The nightcap. Listen, listen, Ah! Listen, number one fan and I actually really enjoyed watching that game. I'm sure. You know what's what's always fun? Watching Clemson get their ass kicked. Again. Yeah, that's, you know, what really surprised me, I was worried about Ohio State's defense because they haven't played well all season. Yeah. Um, This is probably the best I've seen them play in five or six years. Like, they they made the stops they were supposed to. You know, they uh, limited Etienne's effectiveness on the ground. You know, they got after – I mean, I've never seen a pass rush like that in a long time. Um, And this is an Ohio State defense that doesn't have, like, a standout pass rush dude this year. Yeah, we don't have a Chase Young or a Joey or Nick Bosa. We don't have that this year. Yeah, but I'll tell you right now, 72 for Ohio State was just a horror, you know, an amazingly disruptive force. And it just – especially watching Sermon again go off, uh, that was beautiful. (laughs) I Um, love that man. Oh, I do too. And he he should have been giving the the keys, you know, he should have been the feature guy, um, you know, in the backfield all season. Uh, not not to say anything um, negative about Master Teague, but like, come on, man. Uh, you know, uh, Sermon's just been out of his mind good. You know, yeah. like out of his mind good. So Yeah, he had 300-something yards against Northwestern. He had 193 this week, or uh, in the semifinal. Um, Justin Fields threw for six touchdowns. Yeah, and the the Ohio State Buckeyes decimated the Clemson Tigers, forty nine twenty eight. Yep. Listen though, in the beginning, uh, James, I really thought it was just going to be back to back, back to back, back to back, because that's how it started. Yeah. And then once once y'all picked up steam, and then it was really the tale of the second quarter because it was back to back. You know, we, we exchanged touchdowns in the first quarter. It was 14, 14 after one. And the second half, it was 14, 14. It really came down to the 21 unanswered points that Ohio state put up in the second quarter. Yeah. Well, and listen, that Justin Fields performance, that game really like turned me into a believer of him. Mm. I know he didn't start the season. Great. But he just he looked amazing. And yeah. then and then when he got hurt and then it, how he like, was like 
no, like I'm going to go, I'm going to finish the score. And, and then every time he would go back out there, you were just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, why are you? He was to, to, to make maybe an unpopular comparison. He was a bit like Kylo Ren at the end of force awakens where he's got that big blaster bolt wound in his side. And he's just constantly like pounding himself and psyching himself up to go strong. Uh, That was kind of Justin Fields. Um, We've gone well, this long without you making some kind of a Star Wars <laughs> reference in yeah, football, I, and I think we've officially lost half our listeners. That's it. They that turned much. it off. Yeah, yeah they turned it did. off. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I just I was so impressed with him, and um, just yeah, I, I I was not expecting that, and kudos to him. I, I think that he should have won the Heisman. Over Devonte Smith? No. No, man. Devontae- he, he, he was he was very up and down through the season. Yeah. Um, okay, fair. Okay, fair. But at the same time, does Devonte Smith, because he's at there Alabama, so like, has he really had the season to get to get it? Absolutely. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know we are they, Ohio State fans, and we are telling you Justin Fields did not deserve the highest. Okay, okay. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. All right, I, I will yield on that. Uh, <laughs> but I did see something great on Twitter that I need to find, that I have on my phone that I saved. Oh, here it is. Um, that someone tweeted. It said, Devontae Smith won Heisman with 1,856 total points. Joe Burrow won the Heisman with 1,846 total points more than the runner up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Burrow, so, Burrow had one of those once in a lifetime seasons. Last I, yeah. Year. I, I got you. I got you. But no. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of pivoting away from fucking Alabama. So yeah. just let me this, that. Okay. This year, because of the nature of the season, I think there were a lot of different players that had kind of had their, their, their foot in the ring, you know? Um, so I didn't expect there to be like this big push just for one guy, but I mean, Adams, you know, I, Alabama is now officially wide receiver you and running back you. Um, and nobody can dispute that. No school comes close. Um, and how prepared those wide receivers and running backs are when they get to the NFL is just, and they seem to only get bigger because if look at Mark Ingram and then look at, Derrick Henry. It's like, what do they put yeah. in the water down there at Tuscaloosa in the meantime? Um, but yeah. So now we get the college football playoff final between Alabama and Ohio State. Alabama opens at a seven and a half point favorite against the Buckeyes, who are still fighting some COVID issues. So let's take a minute and preview that game and put in our thoughts there. Uh, here's my thought. Hey, Ohio, stop fucking around, man. <laughs> it's not just the Buckeyes you might be hosing. well what do you what do you see in this game um i mean the buckeyes need to play defense the way they did it against clemson like that that's that should be uh the first point they have to be able to uh, shut down um uh naji harris uh you know Devontae smith like it just they're going to have to play at the same tempo with the same kind of uh, uh aggression at the point of contact like they did against Clemson. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Alabama can be beat on defense. Um, 
this isn't this isn't the teams from like Saban's first uh, three or four years in Bama, where these were just smothering defenses that only gave up, you know, 14, 15, 16, 20 points a game. Um, you know, he lives and dies on offense now. Yeah. That, that's, that's what he does. So, I mean, you could catch them. And, and the thing is with Ohio State's wideouts, which, is, which are arguably the best overall, the position grouping is the best in, the, uh, in, in, in college football, arguably. Um, <laughs> we all know what I think. Uh, yeah, they, it really <laughs> is. Um, but, uh, you know, and with, with uh, Sermon running as well as he has, you know, there's a there's a chance. Okay, I like I like Ohio State. Um, I like their chances against Bama because if it, you know Ryan Day has shown he can coach these big games. I really think he he's he's honestly, uh, you know, and, and Buckeyes fans will shit on me. He's a better coach for big games than Urban Meyer ever was. Um, and Urban Meyer showed that those last few years in the playoff where he's getting you know bent over the couch and spanked. Uh, by Dabo and Dabo's got like backups in in the third quarter you know um, but uh, you know I, I like Ohio State I, I really think there's a chance that they can pull this one off uh, but then again Bama's Bama and nobody nobody uh, preps for big games the way Nick Saban does um, so I'm gonna homer it up and just say I, I'm gonna pick Ohio State but I'm gonna be like cringing the entire time <laughs> uh, the, the, the the other point though is you have to imagine that Nick Saban was probably anticipating Clemson in this game oh yeah yeah, yeah. so oh, he yeah, probably doesn't like he'd probably been game planning for Clemson for a while and maybe that works in Ohio State's favor. He he's definitely still going to prepare for Ohio State, but I don't think he has as much time for that as he thought he would have had for Clemson. I mean, you're right, um, but I can also tell you what uh, Nick Saban definitely doesn't have time for. His daughter. His daughter shit talking on Twitter. <laughs> which, hey. if you guys, what go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, but what else is she going to do, Heather? She. Oh. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Please, please just let me let me let me go into my rant on this because I really got fired up about this last night. So if you if you guys did not hear what Kristen Saban Sitas wrote, she said that if you are not confident then to play, then say it. I call BS on the COVID cases. They are just worried about their QB and want him to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You didn't see us postpone the rest of the season to wait for, and it says injured star wide receiver Jalen Waddle. Bye. And I said, well, thank you very much, sorority sister fight club champ. Um, <laughs> that's literally the only thing she's famous for. Um, but before she did her dirty Twitter delete, because, wait, wait. you know. What's a sorority sister fight club champ? Oh, yeah. Back in like 2010, she got in a fight with her Phi Muse sister. And it went all the way to court. Oh wow! Is there video? Uh no. This is 2010. So no, we we no we we don't have video. Um yeah, she uh, and the uh, the roommate. Of course, it's back and forth on who started it. And um, five years later, the girl who uh, I think her last name was Grimes or something like that, she requested to have the case dropped. So. I'm not sure if it was settled or whatever, but yeah. So that's, that's why I came up with sorority sister fight club champ. 
I was really okay. proud of that. So thank you for letting me say it. Um, but yeah, so, but before she did her dirty Twitter belie- uh, delete, because, you know, if you delete it, it didn't happen, right? Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. isn't that the rules? Of course. Uh, she tweeted something that was obviously from Saban's PR team saying the tweet I posted earlier this evening was uncalled for and hurtful. She wrote, I made a huge mistake and I apologize. In a moment of frustration, I let my anger get the best of me and acted before thinking. I sincerely regret my choice of reckless words. In no way did I intend to undermine the seriousness of a global pandemic and my heart goes out to those it has affected. The health and safety of others is first and foremost and I pray that we can all find peace soon. I am ashamed and and embarrassed. I hope you I can't forgive me. Mm. And then she deleted for Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah, my favorite was, before it was deleted, our, you know, Tim and I's favorite third-string quarterback, Cardale Jones. Oh, God. It, I was so, oh, God, I was so happy. Responded to it and said, well, we beat y'all with the third-string quarterback, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I said that he swooped in with his zinger. And I put yeah. laughing face emoji. You sure you want to face another backup from OSU? You know yeah. what happened last time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really a beautiful thing. Um, and I just, I'm trying to find, oh, they did delete the video. How did that happen? That is, I found a link to it, but. Mm, yep. No, you can best believe Nick got a hold of it. Nick, Nick Saban went to the internet and said, take it down now. Exactly. That's the exactly. internet was like. All right, man, you got it. I'm not yeah, a coach. Yeah. Please don't yep. hurt me. So, yeah. Heather, who do you like in the game? I swear, you've been waiting all episode to ask me this, and I know you I have. have. I have. I just want to hear it. Tim is smiling ear to ear right I, now. Yeah, I is I'm I'm in this game. I dislike Ohio State less. <laughs> so I I mean really. Like I told you guys, I really just want the building to burn down, um, except Fair for enough. Harris, except for Harris and um, and Fields. They they're they're all right. They can stay. Um, but again, I I dislike Ohio State less. So I'm I'm I would like for Ohio State to beat Alabama. I'm not going to say I'm rooting, but I want them to beat them. But I'm not taking part <laughs> in your stupid. Ohio chant that you stupid heads do. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to play the Homer in this one as well. Um, You know, it's going to end up being a, oh, well, they didn't play as many games. They're not as tired. If it happens, I don't care. This is football. You win the game that's in front of you. And I I like Ohio State's chances. I like their chances in this one. Yeah. Um, and before we go further, guys, since 1994, Notre Dame's played in 20 bowl games and won five. So let's oh, stop. But they're still ranked in the top 10 every yeah. year. Let's yeah. stop. Stop inviting them to bowls. They're just going to lose. And then you have to deal with a bunch of very sad Catholics. <laughs> Other New Year's six games had Iowa State over Oregon. Texas A&M over UNC. Georgia held off Cincinnati, and Auburn dropped the Citrus Bowl to Northwestern. God, I was so mad about that one. There was no reason for that. And we watched a little bit of the A&M and UNC game, but then I was just like... Wait, you were mad that Auburn lost? 
Yeah, because just I just nope, didn't really. Nope. I don't really care for Northwestern. No reason for it. Auburn's not good. There's the reason for it. Well, I. <sighs> They're know. one of the worst coach teams in the country. There's the reason for it. <laughs> Bo Nix is the quarterback. Okay, There's listen. the reason for it. Listen. <laughs> listen. This, uh, this dry January is sapping any and all of my sanity. Okay? So I'm not making rash decisions right now. So just throw me a bone here. Okay? I'm sorry, Heather, but there's those are the reasons for it. Yeah, there there, there are <laughs> some very clear yeah, reasons. Yield. I yield. Yeah. Um, um, I, dude, North North Carolina just ran out of they ran out of steam. Like they're yeah. not as, uh, of a team as A and M, and you could tell they were just tired at the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I mean, you have to give your a lot of credit to Mac Brown and what he's been able to do in Carolina since he came back to Chapel Hill. Uh, like that's going to be a good team. That's going to be a real good team. Hopefully. We see Dabo Sweeney start like tailing off, and we see Mac Brown start going up. Do you do you think um, do you think that Mac Brown maybe chuckled a little bit about Herman? Oh man, chuckled to himself a little bit. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised, man, Um, because like they ran Mac out. Texas ran Mac out. Oh yeah. You know, like that wasn't Mac Brown stepping down. He was run out by. Uh, boosters and a bunch of other uh, ridiculous dickheads that made some money but could never sniff a fucking UT Austin football field. So now they got to like bully people through a checkbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ballless fucking LARPing pieces of shit. All right. That's what you are. Um, but yeah, but look at look at the, the total shit show that UT football's been since Mac left. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're slowly turning into like the Tennessee of the Big 12, a storied program that isn't worth a shit anymore. Um, sorry, Harrison. I love you, bro. But yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm I mean, Sarkeesian flavor of the week, right? Like has, has done great things with that offense in Alabama. But I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, uh, that UT <laughs> took a took a chance on him. Uh-huh. Um because I don't think he's going to make a dent in Texas either. No, so. I, I don't think so either. I think that they are, they were kind of hoping that he could bring his, you know, his Houston magic yeah. to UT and just, it, it doesn't work there. Yeah. I, uh, I figured they would go after uh, like a big name, you know? Um, like I, if, if <laughs> I mean, this is going to be like with, with them firing Herman, uh, you know, are they are they still paying Charlie Strong's buyout? I don't like. I'm, know. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, so they're going to essentially be paying three head coaches. So, but if you're going to get like a booster to kick in some dough, uh, you can get them to kick in dough to get like Urban Meyer or like try and get Matt Campbell to Levi. You get one of the big name coaches, you know. Uh, but they went after Steve Sarkeesian. Okay, good luck. Mm-hmm. My last note about college football is a uh, conference record standing update. The ACC went 0-6, including losing both of the college football playoff yeah. games. Uh, the Big 12, on the other hand, went 5-0, and and I don't think anybody saw that coming. I did uh, not. The Pac-12 went 0-2, and, and that's not a surprise. Uh, the SEC went 6-2, and, and the Big 10 went 3-1. and 
Well, that's a the the SEC. Well, wait, what? Where's where's the Mountain West? Where's Conference USA? Oh, I just did the big the Power Five. Oh, so you ignore the Fun Belt? Tim. Yeah. Um, I I, did, I didn't want to talk words. about Coastal Carolina's yeah. loss anymore. A hometown crowd's own Coastal Carolina's in the Fun Belt, you know. So like we. Well, I think he just didn't want to bring up bad memories and bad feelings. Well, they did win the conference championship. Okay, well, and I've got it right here. You. The MAC went 2-0. and The Sun Belt went 4-1. Uh, the Mountain West went 2-1. and The AAC was 1-5. and Conference USA was 0-6. And, and Independence went 2-1. and Oh, yeah, BYU and Army. And Notre yeah. Dame was the loss. No, well, Notre Dame counted as ACC. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were playing for ACC. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Which is I, the I, only time they ever even want to be a part yeah. of a conference. Yeah, because of this weird season. I I would have been pissed. Can you imagine being like a team that's been in the ACC for a while and Notre Dame ends up taking your conference championship home? Oh, like, yeah. that I would have been salty as fuck. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the uh, other independent was. Well, uh, BYU Army and I can't re- I can't remember. Um, I think BYU is going to end up joining the Big Twelve, but that's just me. All right, what next topic, Tim? Let's keep well, going. Let's, let's go over to the NFL, where Week Seventeen is in the books, and most of the teams who needed wins did what they had to do. Uh, Cleveland beat Pittsburgh, but not without trying to give it away. Baltimore decimated Cincinnati. Buffalo obliterated the Dolphins, who are the first ones left out of the playoffs. Uh, Green Bay locked up the number one seed in the NFC. The Colts handled the Jags. And Washington controversially beat the Eagles to secure the NFC least crown. Yeah, that. Um, And uh, we beat Carolina. Yeah. Well, yeah, but nobody cares about that. I swear yeah. to God, Tim. I swear to God. I mean, it was imp- it was a good win when your top receiver and your top, you're like your top 58 running backs are out of the game because everybody wants to spit in each other's mouth during a pandemic. Ugh. Well, that's what these fucking players are doing, man. Look at Cleveland. Four straight weeks, they've had to shut down their facility. And then look at the shit that's your first playoff game in 18 years. 18 years. And, and what are you going to do? Your, oh, coach yeah, your, your coach gets COVID. Uh, wait a minute. The number three ranked offensive lineman, Joel Batonio, gets COVID. Oh, wait a minute. Your rookie left tackle and your best wide receiver, they're going to smoke weed and drag race in Westlake, Ohio. Like, by the way, Army was the lone loss. They lost to West Virginia. Liberty oh, over Coastal Carolina was the other win. Liberty? Isn't Li- Liberty in? Liberty's an independent. I thought Liberty was in the fun belt. No. Nope. Oh no, they're going to the fun belt at like because they're moved. They moved. Did the, they took the jump up from FCS to FBS? So they yeah. got to do like a year or two as an indie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, but that that was the two and one. Yeah. But yeah, like come on, like Cleveland. Yeah, there was some hiccups, but I mean overall, that was that was a fucking hell of a season. Stefanski's coach of the year, and anybody who wants to argue otherwise is an idiot. Um, but <laughs> you know. It's just kind of shocking uh, that I, I am from Northeast Ohio. The Browns will always have a soft spot in my heart. I am a Pats fan through and through. I got emotionally invested in this team, not only because I get paid pennies to write about them, but 
Um, you know, you know, you 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 work hard for those pennies, Mac. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate you. You're very welcome. Um, but I, uh, it's a fun team to watch, and it's going to be a fun team to watch in uh, you know in the first week of the fucking playoffs because your head coach gets fucking COVID, and then it just the the drag racing shenanigans and like Cleveland, what what are we doing? Keep your ass at home. All right. And this isn't just for players. It's for all you fucking fans that like acted like and as you should acted like you won the Super Bowl after getting your first playoff bid in 18 years. OK, there are Browns fans out there that have never seen the playoffs. They don't know what those are. They and just they're think, old enough to smoke. Yeah. And they just think, wait, we lose 12 games a year and that's the end of the season and that's the end of football. You know, no, there's actually more football to play. And at the end of that more football, there's even a championship game that you could be eligible for if you continue to win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So Browns fans, Cleveland, the entire Northeast Ohio metropolitan area stretching out to, to Akron in the West and Youngstown in the East. Stay the fuck home. If you have to go to work, wear your fucking masks. Okay. Wash your hands because if the Browns lose on Sunday, Hey, fans, it's your fucking fault because you wouldn't keep your dirty ass home and the fucking players wouldn't stay home. And just think, Joe, on West 48th, you gave Stefanski COVID, asshole. It's your fault. And you no, you can't blame anybody but yourself. Fun stay fact, home. the, the home, last please. time the Browns were in the playoffs, they lost in the first round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And who won the national championship that year? National championship? In college football. Uh, what was that? That was 2002. Uh, that was Ohio State, wasn't it? There you go. Well, yeah, well, I don't want the Browns to lose. I want you guys to win. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's just a fun little fact yeah. that the last time the Browns were in, Ohio State won the national championship over Miami. Yeah. Okay, but uh, on, on this, this Washington-Philly thing, guys, yeah, weigh in on that one. How do you feel? Can, can we all agree that it wouldn't be a big deal if it wasn't on primetime? I mean, that's how I feel about it. Can like, we no all one, agree it wouldn't matter if, uh, like, nobody would care if uh, it wasn't the NFC East? Yeah. It was already I, getting a, a, a home game yeah, in the I mean, playoffs despite a six-win team? Nobody would have given a shit if this thing wasn't on TV, honestly. I mean, do you guys really like, cause that's how I feel about it. Yeah. You know, if, if nobody had to watch it and like, I think at this point, like people in, in DC and Philly didn't even want to watch this fucking game. Right. Um, like it wouldn't have been a big deal, you know? And, and honestly, who uh, Hertz wasn't playing that well, you know, it's a lost season. Why not throw some guys out there? Like Nate Sudfeld. Well, who fucking knows? Throw them out there. See what you got. Cause you yeah. know, go, you goddamn know it well that, you know, the, you know, I, I really think Wentz is going to be on this roster next year because you can't cut him because of all the dead money that would be attached to him, right? And no one, like, who's going to fucking trade for Carson Wentz at this point? He's he's injury prone. Like, he's he's made out of China, um, you know, and you have to wrap him up with bubble wrap like that kid from Little Giants to get him out on the field, you know? So, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to expend the draft capital, like, unless it's like a fifth rounder where I have like three extra ones, you know, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to expend the capital to pull Carson Wentz. So, like, it, 
it, it just makes no sense. You know, see what you got so you can be competitive next year. And if we're being honest, the, there's only one team or there's only one group of fans that care. And it's really just the Giants fans. Yeah. And honestly, I don't care about them, except yeah, one of them. No. my buddy Nick is a is a big Giants fan. Uh, but he's like one of those salty ones that just expect losing all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I get down with that. I'm used to being a loser next yeah. time. Um, well, with the season wrapping up, that means that the coaching carousel is officially open in the NFL. And there are six head coaching jobs open. In addition to the Falcons, Texans, and Lions, who parted ways with their head coaches earlier this year, uh, Jets, the Jets, the Chargers, and the Jaguars are all looking for new leading men. Or women. Uh, but if we're being honest, probably men. Probably a dude, yeah. Yeah. Um, who... Who's got the best position open? Like if if you're if you're a potential coach, who are you wanting that call from? Heather, you go first. Um. Well, let, let, let's recap before uh, Heather gets in. You've got you've got the Chargers who have uh, what's his name uh, Herbert. <laughs> Justin Herbert, I was drawing a blank on his name for just a second there, who oh, just that- set the rookie record for t- NFL touchdown passes. For yes. uh, He broke Baker Mayfield's two-year-old record. I also like um, the, the, the 14-year-old that stands at 6'6 and plays quarterback for the LA Chargers. Yeah, the, the Jaguars have the number one overall pick, and therefore likely Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but they also have a shit ton of other first-round picks coming in from all those trades they've done the last few years. Right. The Jets have the number two pick. Uh, I've seen a lot of projections taking the kid out of BYU, I think. Um, the yeah, quarterback I, from there. Boo. Um, the Falcons. I actually saw a projection today that said the Falcons might take Justin Fields. Oh, gross. Uh, I mean, he's a Georgia dude. Yeah. Houston's got, you know, Deshaun Watson, who is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. He just needs, you know, an offensive line of running back and receivers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but see, he still led the NFL in passing this year in yardage. Yeah. With throwing right. a no, throwing to nobody. So imagine. And, and then know. you have the Lions who have um, Matt Stafford. Uh, so who's got the, the the best coaching position, Heather? Um, well, before you were going to go into all of that, I was actually going to say Jacksonville just because of getting, because of how many first round picks that they're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, that bill coming due essentially. Yeah, right. And then, you know, getting Trevor Lawrence. Um, I mean, they also have, uh, DJ Chark from LSU that plays for them now, um, as a wide receiver. And so I just, I, I think that. They they are definitely they can definitely get the building blocks to have a decent team. I'm not going to say a great team, but a decent team. So, um, yeah. So I was I was going to say, like I said before, you went into all that. I was going to say Jacksonville. All right, Mac. I think it's either going to be Jacksonville or Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's got a lot of good young wide receiver talent. Uh, offensive line's not bad. Like you're, you're going to have to draft and develop some talent to, to protect the next quarterback. Um, and if, like, I, honestly, I don't, I don't 
know how the Jets could justify taking uh, what's his name? Is it Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson from BYU over yeah. Justin Fields. Um, I'm not trying to take away anything from Zach Wilson. He is a talented quarterback, but you know what? He isn't Justin Fields. He is not Justin Fields. Um, you know, but but say if Fields were to fall into Atlanta's lap, that wouldn't be a bad spot for him to be. Um, but with Jacksonville, there's a, a, a they have a stupid amount of first round picks coming up. All you need is a good draft or two. Cleveland's shown that if you can draft very well through all seven rounds for a, a season or two, you can turn it around pretty quick. Yeah, I so, think I count three first round picks for Jacksonville this year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so I just yeah, I think that's that I think that's definitely the phone call that you want. Yeah, I I don't yeah. think that that's a bad one. I think the Chargers are probably a good spot to land. Uh, see, um, dude, I I don't know, man. Uh, that defense is not good enough. Uh I really like Delvin James. He was hurt all season. Um but that defense like showed they couldn't keep people off the off the, you know, offenses uh, they couldn't get offenses off the field at the end of games. Like how many times did, and it wasn't just like the chargers, you know, muffing a kick, you know, to win the game. How many times did they give up like the last few, you know, last field goal with within a minute this year, you know, that was like a staple under An- uh, Anthony Lynn, uh, just giving up that late field goal or touchdown to lose, you know, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, so to speak. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. I just like me, I'm not taking that job. Because you are the second tenant in L.A., like you, you're, you're always going to be second fiddle to the Rams. So, like that, that's something I would also look at as well. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville, only game in town, right? Yeah. Atlanta, you're you're playing in Georgia. Football is always going to be king, you know, always. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, I, I that's that's if if I were an unemployed coach. Uh, like that's, those are the two franchises, franchises I'm really trying to get calls from. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, but Jason Garrett is being contacted for head coaching jobs again. Of course he is. Like how the, what? I tell you where I don't want to go. I don't want to go to Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. That is not a good, that, that it's not a well-run franchise. Um, it's, it's really talent devoid. Like there's the, they they haven't drafted well you know like there's just it's just not good you know like i i i am hoping i don't get a call from detroit one i would never (laughs) want to fucking be there and two um you know like i just it it makes me kind of makes me grossed out um that they would even call me so detroit's got (laughs) it looks like the seventh pick in the draft I mean, yeah, and but what hole are you going to try and plug with that? Because there's so many to fill. Yeah, you know? including like, quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to bring Stafford back. Yeah, I mean, he he's so injury prone. You you wasted Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. Yeah, or he would have been if you had done anything with him. You wasted Matt Stafford and uh, Megatron on the same team. Yeah, and couldn't do anything with it. And also imagine how good Stafford still could have been if you didn't piss Megatron off. And, right. You know? Uh, yeah. 
in addition to all those coaching positions, Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, and Washington are all looking for general managers. Houston is not. Houston hired a general manager today, Nick Casario from New England. Oh, I missed that news. Yep. Um, uh, he, let's put this there way. was nothing else going on. Casario was the guy that uh, Bob Mc, or McNair, whatever one runs the the or owns the uh, Texans, wanted him a couple years ago. And Houston got hit up with a tampering charge uh, mm. from the NFL after New England asked that uh, an investigation be, you know, and, and they did. They illegally contacted Nick Casario. Uh, so then they asked New England nicely, like, hey, can we talk to him? And New England's like, fuck off, bro. No. Uh, well, his contract ended and Casario's like, I have no intention of staying and then went and signed that deal in Houston. So, OK. Yeah. Um, Urban Meyer is reportedly seeking $12 million for the Jaguars job, which puts him on par with Bill Belichick, the oh. currently highest paid coach in the NFL. Yeah. No, yeah. no, baby, you need to go sit down. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's it's, it, it's really, like the, fam, the family guy. Pa- <laughs> listen, no, no, no. listen, Patty, listen, Patty, don't start. No, <laughs> and really, that really just kind of feels like Urban Meyer doesn't want to coach, but he he threw out a number that he'd be willing to get back in the game for to make it so ridiculous that they don't even bother. Yeah, he asked for fuck you money right off the bat, man. Yeah, <laughs> like like you know what? You make me the highest paid. You give me Bill Belichick money, I'll come back. But anything short of that, and I'm out of here. Yeah. Again, uh, yeah. No, just no. Just go take a seat in the back, grab a sandwich on your way back there. No, it's not yeah. going to happen. I mean, dude. Not for the Jaguars. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. That's yeah. like that's like their entire budget. Like, no. <laughs> we will see what happens there. But that wraps up the news portion, and that brings us to our quick picks of the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a quick standings update at the end of the NFL season. Mac is in third place with 54 and 53. Hey, uh, I finished above 500. I'll take it. Heather and I are tied at 61 and 45. Um, yep. So instead of, you know, picking the four closest games, since we don't have NCAA games to pick, we're just going to pick all the wild card games. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's start with Mac. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Buffalo is a six and a half point hey, favorite. Hey, stop. Buffalo. Fuck Indy. All right. Buffalo is just fucking boat racing people right now, man. Buffalo. End of story. <laughs> Heather, go. <laughs> um, I also went with Buffalo. Uh, they've won their last five, and Josh Allen is having a hell of a season in Buffalo, of all places. Um, the game is played there, so I like Buffalo there. Uh, Philip Rivers is still questionable, as is Stefan Diggs. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Buffalo on this. Buffalo. Yeah. I've got Buffalo too. No big surprise there. Indy, Indy is a good team. They're playing well. They are not on Buffalo's level. They're not on Kansas City's level. Buffalo is not going to let them get out of the first round, nope. the wild card round. Buffalo nope. has too much, too many different ways they can get you on on offense. And you know, Diggs might be questionable, but you know he's going to play. Um, 
I mean, Rivers is going to drag his like lifeless corpse out there to play. But oh yeah, he's going to try. He's he going to try. Yeah, he, he looks like he's done though. He really does look like he's done. Um, he looks like Brady did last year, where he can't even plant his foot to throw a ball more than ten yards down the field. Um, you know, it just—it's not good. Mm-hmm. So, Philip, you, you're allowed to retire. You made some really good money. And granted, you needed it because your family is 48 fucking people because you and your wife put out a kid every three to four months. All right. All right. Heather, we're going to start in your backyard with you for this one. Mm-hmm. The Rams travel to Seattle. Seattle is a three and a half point favorite. And I went with Seattle on oh, this. Okay. I did. Um, a couple of reasons. Goff is out because of a thumb surgery. So they have Walford, who is a Wake Forest boy, who is also the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 200-plus yards and run for 50-plus yards in his first career start. He's the second QB to throw 150-plus yards and rush for 150-plus uh, yards and rush for 50-plus uh, yards in his first career start. Do you know who's number one? My Jalen Hurts. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, but in spite of that, I think that it's still going to be kind of a really tight game. And Seattle has a tendency to rise to the occasion when it really matters. And so that's why I'm going with Seattle. All right, Mac. See, I wanted to go with the Rams uh, because Aaron Donald is going to chew up Seattle's front, you know, their, their offensive line. Um, but they're starting, you know, not, I can't say starting because they do a running back by committee approach, but you know, their top rushers out, their quarterbacks out, you know, I, I gotta go with Seattle on this. Uh, like when, when you're, when you're dealing with those kinds of losses, those are tough to overcome. And don't get me wrong. I appreciate John Wolford because when they asked him like, how's it feel to win? He's like, I don't know. I've never won before. Uh, I appreciate that, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, that's just you're you're putting a lot on that dude's shoulders uh, to, you know, to to kind of carry his offense to throughout the playoffs. So uh, because I'm telling you right now, even if Goff recovers, like, say, by next week and the Rams win, do you really want to trust a guy who just ha- or is coming off a of thumb surgery to go deep in the playoffs? You know, probably not. But I- I'm going to go Seahawks. I I almost want to pull the trigger on it. Um, I almost want to say that an AAF quarterback who still has a LinkedIn profile, um, could look, you know what that he's setting himself up for the future, Tim. Okay. I almost want to say that they could beat the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what? I changed my pick last week. So we weren't all boring. You can do the same goddamn thing. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Nobody knows what to expect out of Wolford. Um, and I'm going to include Seattle at that. Seattle is a three and a half point favorite at home. Seattle's a yeah. three and a half point favorite at home. That tells me that's even money right yeah. there. Yeah. See, there you go, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh Fuck it, I'm taking the Rams. I appreciate, oh. I appreciate you for it. And if uh, they use Heather, because Tim did it, they're going to win. Yeah, probably. And Yeah, I know, of course. A lot of that just has to do with Seattle 
Seattle started so strong this yeah, year. Yeah, and they did. They tailed off quite a bit. And they the just backslid for the second half of the season. Okay. And I'm going to take the Rams. Yep. Um, which brings us to the NFC's who gives a fuck game. Uh, Tampa Bay, an eight-point favorite at the Washington football team, who got in with a, I think, seven and nine record and gets to host a playoff game. I believe so. Yes. Um, uh, that's the Washington Football Club, sir. Yeah, sorry, Washington Football Club. I'm sorry. I, I was sticking to the uh, the official names. We, uh, we, we are 18 weeks into this, and you can't even still can't even get the name right. <laughs> All right, Mac. Who do you like? Do I have to ask? Uh, it's going to be Tampa. Um, I mean, you've got Washington, which is strong defensively. You know, that's the strength of their team. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but, uh, uh, you know, before, I mean, I'm hoping Mike Evans, uh, I'm not sure what his availability is or how bad that injury was. Um, but he had, you know, Brady has seamlessly got him in the offense and Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't know if you saw what he did last week. It was good. Um, yeah, he had some good plays and yeah. you know, that feel good story with Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just don't, Washington can't put points on the board the way, uh, Tampa can. So, uh, give me, give me the, give me the box. Go box. All right. And Heather. Um, literally my only sentence on this is why are we even discussing TB all goddamn day? That's a direct All right. Um, I have this vision in my head right now that the, uh, you know, kind of backtracking the Buffalo bills are a really good team and I think they could be super bowl bound. And I think it would be absolutely hilarious if the one thing that prevents them from getting the Super Bowl is still Tom goddamn Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got Tampa Bay in this one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, more. that would be What's kind that? of funny. That would be kind of funny, though. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't wish I don't wish another Super Bowl loss on the city of Buffalo after dealing with four straight. I don't think they could handle that. Yeah. And for for fun, they throw themselves through tables. Imagine yeah. what would happen if they would lose this Super Bowl. Yeah. This, the the psychological damage that would be done, and what would happen to the area around Buffalo if that were to happen? Uh, I, I see burnings, mass looting, death, destruction, uh, and and Buffalo disappearing from the earth because <laughs> those those fans could not handle another Super Bowl loss. So we all need to. If you're a person of faith, of any faith, you need to pray. That Buffalo wins a Super Bowl, just one, with yeah. Josh Allen at quarterback, because that city, everybody there will die happy. Like, it, it'll be an amazing day for them. Moving to Sunday's slate, we've got Baltimore, a three-point favorite on the road to take on Derrick Henry and the Titans. Heather, who do you like here? Um, So, I really kind of went to a dive and and articles and stuff like that and um basically i am going to go with baltimore because they have a better defense uh, and they are the league's best special teams to include justin tucker who apparently may be the best kicker ever according to a few articles i read adam, um, adam Finitieri is the best kicker ever <laughs> whoever said justin tucker can <laughs> Gargle my nether regions. Okay, well, that's it, those those that's not my conclusion. That was just like 
four pages that I was on. I'll fight anybody that argues with me on it. Okay. All right. Um, you know, yeah, Jackson, you know, has come up short in playoff games, i.e. 2018 and 2019. Yes, the Ravens play poorly from behind. Um, but the Titans did just give up 38 points to a Texans team who had nothing to play for but pride. The Ravens could drop 45 on them if Jackson plays the way he did in December instead of the way he played in week 11. If that happens, all the stiff arms in the world won't save the Titans. So I'm going to go with Baltimore. All right, Mac. Listen, I understand you want to be like, but that's Um, that's what I got. Sure, Baltimore's defense is better, but you know who they don't have? Derek fucking Henry, who is a man among boys who can single-handedly pick you up and throw you three to five yards, depending on his whim. Um, And, uh, you know, he's a a game-breaking presence all by himself. Um, and Tannenhill showed that maybe he actually can play football this year. It was, it was quite nice. Um, you know, but I, you know, the Ravens typically don't play well in, in, in the postseason. Um, Jackson looks very unnerved uh, in the pocket this year. Um, I don't know. Maybe he just, it was the press of expectation. But, you know, the guy, I mean, he's an NFL MVP winner. The guy's one of the top talents in the league. But I, I just, I love what Derrick Henry can do, how they can, they can control the clock with him. And, oh, he might just break off like another 200-yard game. So give me the Titans in this one. Uh, I think they got enough to get past Baltimore. All right. Uh, this is another one that I kind of went back and forth on. Um, Baltimore, at least on paper, has been surging lately. However... Looking at their schedule, they were searching against Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals for their five straight to close out the season. Uh, that's not a whole lot of good quality teams. Uh, their last two playoff teams, well, their last two playoff teams, three, are Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee, and they lost two of those. Yeah, and they should have lost the, the game, the second game against the Browns. Uh, right. They should have. Um, I think Tennessee is a more well-rounded team. Uh, they may not have a huge, uh, a huge stud at quarterback, but they have a serviceable quarterback. They have receivers who can catch the ball. I mean, this is a team that makes Ryan Tannehill look like a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're they're going to continue that at least through the first round. So. Give me Tennessee on this one. All right, Heather's the odd woman out. I fine. like this. I it's like fine. this. We, we're we, we're getting some differentiation in picks here. I know. Yeah. Last week was stupid. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's, that's why I had to go and pick Philly <laughs> just to change things up. I knew they weren't going to win, but I I, I couldn't have us all with the same picks. Uh, Mac, we're going to start with you on this one. Chicago travels to New Orleans. How did Chicago get in the playoffs? Um, New Orleans is a nine and a half point favorite. Do I have to ask? Pass. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just I don't like either team right now. Um, New Orleans, you know, Breeze is still coming off of 48 broken ribs. Uh, Kamara has to pass. Uh, quarantine. COVID test. Yep. COVID tests. Um, and Michael, you know, with Thomas out, you know that that's a, a huge part of that offense that's missing. Um, you know, and as far as the Bears, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but that that remember that formidable defense with Khalil Mack, they wasted it. Uh, they really did. Um, you know, they've had they they played a quarterback, you know, uh, musical chairs all season. Um, I mean, dude, I think what killed me most is Trubisky goes from being benched for Nick Foles. Nick Foles shits the bed. Uh, Trubisky, Trubisky comes in and plays well. And now all of a sudden it's, we should probably pick up Trubisky's uh, fifth-year option, right? We should do that. And it's like, no, dude, you let him walk. You let him walk far away, Chicago Bears, and you don't let him come back. He sucks. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, with the Saints. Um, I don't like... Chicago offensively um, and, and Sean Payton knows how to scheme to win, man. Uh, he really does. Um, like if I were him and Kamara's out, Hey, Taysom, you're on the field the whole fucking game, bro. And you're going to play every position. Actually go line up at a guard right now. You're going to be pulling for, you know, over a, a fucking option, you know, or whatever, you know, just listen. And you know, he would do it. Oh, you know, I know he would do it. Heather, you're taking Chicago, right? <laughs> Duh, bears. <laughs> no, no, Timothy, I am not. I am, I am, I'm pulling for my boys. Heather did not like our joke, everybody. No, she was, I did no, not. not I'm not amused. Not <laughs> amused at all. All right, so New Orleans. Yes. All right, and that brings us up to our Wait. Sunday oh, evening. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I took nah. New Orleans too. Okay. Uh, All right. Sorry. Let me get that on the record. I took yeah. New Orleans and the obvious New Orleans win. Yeah. Well, still, okay. right. still have to say it. I need to hear the words. Okay. Yeah. With that, we pull up to our Sunday night matchup: uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a six and a half point favorite. Cleveland is plagued by COVID issues and drag racing, and yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Heather, we'll start with you here. Um, I am going with Pittsburgh on this one. Um, I saw that this will be the first time that Rudolph will be facing Miles Garrett since the issue. Since last week? That was last no, week. No, 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 no. Last week? No, because uh, he, who was it? Rudolph was benched. No, he no, wasn't. Rudolph he played. Was oh, was it Garrett? Maybe it was Garrett. Nope. One they of both them, played. No, no, what they didn't play like the yes, teams played each other, but they didn't go against each other. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. I watched the whole game and Garrett even went out, was on the field, uh, and went and congratulated Mason Rudolph, you know, to to bury things uh prior to walking into the I read they, they You did. miss you misread, my friend. Okay, well, excuse me. Okay, well fine. Fine. So just take that tidbit out. But I for for me. Cleveland has to have three stars a line for them to win. That Stefanski has to call a perfect game or his adjacent. Yeah, his 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 adjutant there. The special yes. teams fucking call. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So they have to call a perfect game. Mayfield has to play mistake-free football. 
and Rudolph uh, will have to show that he's ready. So that's those are the three stars that need to align. Wait, did I miss something? Is Roethlisberger not playing? No, no. he is not. He's out. Big Ben's playing. No, he's not. The last I saw, he was out. You looked at the Week 17 preview where they were benching Roethlisberger. Oh, well. Yeah, they just sat him to save him, I guess. Maybe. Um, But uh, I told you, this this dry January is literally like sucking everything out of me right now. Don't don't worry, Heather. I've been antsy uh, because I, too, am trying to quit something. And I about ate a pencil today. Uh, it was, right? it was very just, frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. I just yeah. I need a little bit of leeway here. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying. Well, Heather, you always get leeway. You're you're Thank the you. you're you're the princess of of I'm, home. I'm aware. Heaven, so. I'm aware. But I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. Just any. Okay, so, anyways, yes. Like stars need to align a very specific way for Cleveland to win it on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Cleveland's defense is a weak. Uh, you know, it, it's a weak link. Um, the linebackers do not cover running backs and tight ends well. I mean, outside of Denzel Ward, who, if I'm not mistaken, is questionable for this weekend. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's mostly coming back from COVID, whether or not he'll be good to go. Yeah, and the, he's also been nursing injuries towards the, the latter part of the year. So, um, like... He and Miles Garrett are obviously the two best players on the Cleveland defense. Um, and then that's it. it. It's a really shitty side of the football um, because, you know, when you lose two high draft picks early in the season and Greedy Williams and Delpit, um, you know, and then you bring in fucking Sendejo. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Ronnie Har- uh, Harrison, though, the other safety has been, I, I, I really think he's played well um but like you know when you look at guys like joseph and terrence mitchell like it's like dude no um and that's the thing with pittsburgh is they're going to run you like sprint you into the ground uh with their wide receivers and you know on any given day james uh you know james connor can can come out and blast you for 100 120 yards um and pittsburgh's defense uh is much improved compared to last few years uh, but I think what's really ultimately going to torpedo the Browns is Stefanski not calling plays. Um, the fact that Stefanski is going to miss this game, uh, which which moves Alex Van Pelt into the play calling role, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I put a lot of faith and trust in Kevin Stefanski. I really like his his uh, coaching ability. I really enjoy the way he calls a game. Uh, and Alex Van Pelt is not him. So I, Tim, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going Pittsburgh. Uh, this is not the Browns year until they get some meat on that defense and they're able to stop somebody uh, that, you know, they're not going to go far in the playoffs. Yeah, Heather, I see what you just sent me, but CBS is reporting that Roethlisberger is not on the injury report for this week. Listen, that's on ESPN. Yeah, uh, I think that's so. just carried over from last week. Okay, I I'm just showing you where I how I saw it, how I seen yeah. it. So I I I have to go with my team. I can't pick against my Browns, um, and I'm going to justify it by saying the Browns have a lot of momentum right now. 
Uh, they've got the energy of having made the playoffs. And even if they don't have a defense, you don't need, you know, you don't need a deep passing defense to stop Ben Roethlisberger because he can't throw. He, he can't out throw Drew Brees at this point. And Drew Brees, we've covered as uh, not being able to throw more than six or seven yards downfield. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Browns purely on momentum and homership. So, hey, you I, know, it's it's that's good. I would I will give that one up if I have to, but give me the Browns. Yeah, I, I just I don't like that defense that doesn't stop anybody. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. I am with you there. Um, but that brings us to the end of our show where we have our fantasy football update. Fantasy no. football has come to an end. Thank and God. Sadly, I did not emerge victorious in the championship. No, Good. that's. That's perfect. That's great. Yeah. That's exactly what we mm-hmm. needed. Yep. Fucking tip. Instead, <laughs> the French button pushers, led by my buddy James, defeated me 330 uh, to 288. Oh. Uh, um, actually, we, we, need to make, we need to let our listeners know that that sadly is in alternating caps because it's not that sad. But, yeah, it's in alternating caps, sadly. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, James was aided by the 56 points put up by Alvin Kamara in week 16. I took second place while Cheesehead Canuck edged out Harrison by 12.1 points to take third. Uh, Congrats to James for his victory and be prepared to defend it next season. Where I will not be partaking. Uh, You know you will. No. Well, listen... Whenever I pulled up fantasy, I took a picture of it because dead last champ, pocket dogs, Lady Lewis over here. Yeah. I took a picture of it. And you know what? It gave me a little icon of a toilet paper trophy. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm going to print it up. I'm going to print it and put it somewhere and I'll post it to the group too. So I'm I'm quite proud of it because again, I said I was going to lose. I'm going to be the last one. So, and I believe we mentioned in the group that there are only four people left in the college football bowl pick them. Do you have that up, Heather? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, Yeah, I um, really kind of screwed the pooch on that one because I came in dead last champ there, too. (laughs) Um, And that's supposed to be your strong suit. I know, and that's supposed to be my strong suit, and it was not... At, at all um oh dang i went over to the wrong one um yeah hold on let me get it it's right here it, uh yeah i um just fuck 2020 man because it it completely fucked me all up yeah um our winner well, well in the lead right now let me say that because there's still one more game left to play so in the lead right now is Bub Rub All Stars, whoever that is. I think I think y'all told me who that is. I don't, I, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Um, in a three-way tie with sixteen points each, is Team Tim Sucks Ass, which is Mac. Yeah. I like to refer to him as his official team name. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and with Harrison, too. Harrison uh, is in that 
uh, three-way tie. Yep. Harrison, Mac, and I still have a shot to tie for the win. You do. You do, to tie for a win, which would suck if there are, like, four number ones. Like, <laughs> Well, that's why, that's why you got to put the score in for the tiebreaker. Yeah, true that, true that. Yeah. Uh, tied in, it says fifth place, but it's because of there being three twos. Yeah. Uh, is Lizard Person and Mac Top Tim Bottom. Which is, uh, James. Which is James. The James. Number one fan, James. Fan not James. not fantasy football champion, James. Number one fan, James. Yes, there's a difference. There's a difference. Um, oh, actually, no, I stand corrected. I am not dead last champ. Uh, I, I am sitting quite comfortably at number seven with my all of all 12 points that I have. And uh, and then Jimbo's is number eight. He's yes. so far. So, yes. So there we go. With one game left and all the marbles on the line, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't care. It can fall off a cliff at this point. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy for on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Dead Girls Talking, and my other show, Marital Tiffs. For Heather and Mac, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Hey, Cleveland, wear your fucking mask. Everybody wear your mask. But especially in Cleveland. <laughs> and everybody take down your fucking Christmas trees. It's over. Take the lights down, all of it. It's over. Have a good week. <laughs>